0: Yo. So we are back. This is this is the recap man from the from the game last night. Yesterday I said that we was going to win by 10. I was wrong. I was very wrong. Uh So the Pelicans did not beat the 76ers last night as you know. Jonas Valanciunas he came in. Got a brand new contract later eight. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool, you know. Don't panic. It's game number 1. So don't trip, man. Uh, Homie shot three for 19. He struggled against uh, these, these gigantic, ginormous bigs. And I don't think that's going to be a sign of anything to come, honestly. So no need to panic. But it was a rough night against Drummond. And it was a rough night against Embiid. He was right there in front of the rim. And the, the shots just wasn't falling. But, man, he was looking pretty pure from three. You know, we don't really want him out there checking a bunch of threes, but he was hitting them. It didn't look as crazy and uh, in the media and drew a bunch of other podcasts and you're talking to a bunch of Memphis Grizzly fans. They kind of downplay his three-point shooting as, you know, it's just not a real thing that you should count on. But the shot looked good. You know, I don't want him out there. Trying to take as many shots from three as Joel and Embiid, anything. But I, I feel okay if you don't leave him out there, take the shot, man. You know he could, he could be Brook Lopez possibly, like Brook Lopez. Well, with the amount of threes that I would be comfortable with him taking, in that regard, not everything else with Brook Lopez. Got to explain these things so people get a little carried away and take things out of context, and they only hear one thing. So. To clarify, I don't think he could ever be as good as Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez is a multiple-time NBA All-Star. But just in regards of him shooting threes and me being comfortable with him shooting threes as a ginormous, huge center, I say take those shots. It didn't look crazy. It looked good, you know. Uh, Moving on from that, man, he only scored nine points. So he really struggled against Drummond really struggled against Embiid and, and part of that uh he didn't do so swell on defense either but you know he was good nobody's gonna stop Embiid Embiid is probably the best center in the NBA I would think so uh unless you consider Jokic a uh, uh, center and that's a rough comparison because he's like a center point guard he, he's a whole nother animal that's another position almost in a sense so uh you know, on that though, Jackson Hayes, he struggled a little bit. Once again, those gigantic centers, they hard to go up against. And Andre Drummond was in position to, to play good defense. And he read every single time that they tried to throw a lob over the top to Jackson Hayes. He read it and he swatted the ball. And there was a few other times uh, where he went for the dunks. And it's just a lot of traffic down there. But one thing that I did see about Jackson Hayes is that when he went for these donks and he got in traffic and all this stuff, he didn't go crashing to the ground like he normally has done since his rookie year because he put on weight. He can bang a little bit better now. His, his body is, he not just flailing to the ground and get knocked down by limited contact. Anytime somebody bump into his legs or something like that or he doesn't have a clear spot to land, he's not falling. So he's getting stronger and they'll be better nights, man. Everybody don't have Drummond and everybody don't have Embiid on their roster. It's going to be times where Jackson Hayes will actually be the biggest guy on the court. And he can actually be a little bit more physical. So, again, relax. No big deal, man. Uh, And Fatichunas, he was kind of bad from free throws, too, for whatever reason. The whole team Didn't shoot many free throws I don't know what that was about It was possibly the referees You know Our our homies Antonio Daniels uh, And and pretty much the whole Pelicans team Was saying uh, Their favorite word of the night was They're just letting the guys play They say that way too many times And that's a code for the referees Wasn't calling no goddamn fouls In our favor at all And Ingram was balling. He got fouled a lot. tunis was getting fouled a lot. And they just let him bang. They let him do their thing. But uh, to move on to Ingram. I was highly impressed with Ingram, man. My uh, my biggest hang-up with Ingram is that you're a tweener. You know, you're a small forward, power forward, shooting guard type guy. And you're super-duper slim. Your comps was Kevin Durant and all these other guys. And... I would have personally been perfectly fine with a Chris Middleton comp or uh, somewhere in that range. You don't have to be the best player in the entire NBA. But if you can be a top five at your position, even top 10 at your position, I'm fine with that. But it's two sides to the ball. And Ingram, for various reasons, has not been playing defense. Uh, partially, it was because you are focusing so hard on playing offense that when it's time to play defense, you know, you kind of, Tuned out a little bit You burnt out From Working so hard To get your shot up And that's cool You know you're all, You are you are At this point Our main offensive weapon Since Zion is not on the court So it's cool You know You, you get a little credit But he was willing And that's, that's something A theme that I've been seeing Over and over Again And what I've been hearing From training cap And seeing the summer league Not summer league In preseason <laughs> That Ingram has been Balling On the defensive end He's just been out there putting up a lot of effort, and we saw it, man, he, uh, he went up, got a block to the coast-to-coast coast for the layup, and it's just a lot of things, you know, you just see him being a little bit more physical, they said he put on more weight, he said he don't know how much weight he put on, we don't know how much weight he put on either, but just from the eye test, I say it looked like he might have put on a hot seven pounds, which ain't that much when you damn six foot nine, but every little bit count, man, but he did look a little stronger, and he... Low-key, very low-key, was uh, he bodied up Matisse uh, Thibault. There was a time he went out there and he was, you know, doing his dribbling and trying to get in his bag with all this cool moves and all that stuff, and, and Thibault was, was eating all that up. wasn't working. That was uh, after Ingram was out there and ran up a bunch of points. He sort of gave Thibault that assignment when he came off the bench. And Ingram recalibrated. Man, He, he got it in. He did his thing. He started, you know, using his body a little bit. Started leaning into Thibault, started backing them down into the post and hitting them spin moves and all this crazy stuff, man, that uh that we honestly haven't really seen from Ingram since he been here. He got physical and he was going hard to the rim. You know, we've seen it in spurts, but he got to the rim from the post several times. And uh they were pretty much talking about how the offense appears to be a little bit different How they're running it through Ingram this time They're not giving him the ball at the top of the key and letting him dribble to try and create his own shot They're already giving him the ball In his spots already He already where he needs to be at the school. So all they gotta do is catch and shoot And in the past that was something I was pretty critical about Ingram dribbles a whole lot But that was because he had to get to his spots to create he wasn't just a guy that was gonna pull up and shoot from no matter where he was at he more of a a rhythm scorer he not a catch and shoot guy which is cool you know everybody has their different ways of of scoring and you just got to play to their strengths and make these guys comfortable and i believe that we've done that uh but i was very impressed with ingram my boy trey murphy i like to call him clay murphy because uh it's rough. It's, it's, it's a high standard. I know it's a high ball, but I like to joke around with it. I call him Clay Murphy because his skill set reminds me a lot of Clay Thompson. I would be ecstatic if he is even 75% of Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is a future Hall of Famer and a multiple-time NBA champion, and if we can get that type of performance from Clay Murphy, who we... I mean, not Clay Murphy. I got to say the man real name. Y'all gonna think I'm tripping. From Trey Murphy, we could get... That type of performance from Trey Murphy, a number 17 pick, I'll be ecstatic, man. But uh, he he's a rookie, so he looked a little bit out of sorts. It was his first time ever playing a real NBA game. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of butterflies that might have been involved, and things just look a little bit different. And it's not just him. The whole offense, the whole second unit looked actually kind of trash. Uh, but we we'll talk about that a little later. Devontae Graham looked pretty good he looked actually looked a lot better than he looked in the preseason so that's something to be ecstatic about I was I was pretty stoked about that he was out there just pulling up hitting threes wasn't ultra aggressive but he he had his picks and chooses and he was making it happen the three-point shot looked good he had he hit a few opportune threes and it it worked out and he had some really good passes and although he is a smaller guard you know hate to keep repeating that he played okay on defense. You know, nobody really abused him, honestly, on defense. And he had a he had a double team on Joel and B that, that forced a, a bad shot. And he timed the perfect. Was a thing of beauty, man. He's an actual vet and he's savvy and he's a willing defender. Even though he might have physical limitations, he's not a, a dumb defender by any means. He knows what he's doing. He's a willing defender and he is where he needs to be all the time. So that's a plus, man. No mental breakdowns. Ugh, let's see. Ingram. We talked about Ingram. Let's move on in to kill Alexander Walker. There's a bunch of other players that were in this game, but it's just it's not notable once you get past the starters because the whole bench, they honestly, they struggled quite a bit. But Nikhil Alexander Walker is a guy that I believe should be a six-man and it's not because I don't think he's a starter in the NBA. I'm just not all the way certain that him and Ingram and Zion work well together. And I'm not sure how that looks because you don't want to take shots from Ingram and you don't want to take shots from Zion. I, I firmly believe and I feel okay saying that Nikhil Alexander Walker and is not as good as Ingram and not as good as Zion. So why take shots away from those two? You give him the ball coming off the bench. You let him be aggressive. You let him take as many shots as you want, but you don't let him be a chucker at the expense of your two best players. I just don't think that's good. And you don't want him not aggressive. You don't want him out there just making passes, making these flashy passes, and and forcing these crazy shots. You know you don't want to tame what makes him great. I believe. But beyond that, in a starting lineup based on our current situation with no Zion, it looked good. Everything that we talked about coming into the the season, the big step that he was going to make, it looked like it's happening, man. The shot was a little bit more consistent, a lot more consistent, actually. And uh, he calmed down. He was playing with a good rhythm. He still was out there throwing up these crazy passes, the fancy stuff, the the flashy passes. And they got to the target, at least. He wasn't, like, sailing the ball into the third row anymore, you know. But the passes were on point. He was real aggressive, was getting to the rim in theory if Zion was out there he would have created a a lot more points off of Kobe assists. pretty much when you run to the goal throw it off the backboard throw it at the rim and and it's an assist in that sense even though it's not a real assist he would have created some of those because he was getting to the rim at will the layups was crazy dude was obsessed with making tough shots I don't know what that's about but as long as it works I'm cool they kept us comparing him to James Harden because of the way that he scores in an unorthodox manner He shoots off the wrong leg Sometimes shoots off the out, off the wrong hand <laughs> Left hand layups when he's not left handed A lot of weird stuff He do the crab dribble and the step back crossover To the three point line stuff A lot of things that James Harden has in his bag Nikhil has developed it And I was almost to the point where he's perfected it even so, he, you know, his, his bag is deep, man. The dude is talented. So, I was pretty impressed with that. He put up a, a nice amount of points. We want to see he dropped 23 points last night. But the problem with the kill was he had a few lapses, mental lapses. Still a little out of control. He had a few turnovers. And he was getting torched by Kirkmonts, I believe is his name. Uh, The, the gentleman that day went crazy off the bench for the 76ers he tore us up and majority of that was because of Nikhil he kept losing them on defense and then he turned the ball over and just when he came off the bench alone Kirk Mines with Nikhil Alexander Walker on him was responsible for a 9 point swing in like just a, a matter of seconds due to mental breakdowns not that Nikhil wasn't trying it's that he wasn't following his man wasn't following him on the screens properly and all that stuff and just lost him a few times and turned the ball over and it resulted in nine points and that was all she wrote for the most part after that game got out of hand they went on uh, like a 25 point 25 to 5 point run at one point and things got ugly but still optimistic. we got a brand new coach Willie Green appears to thoroughly have a firm gris- grasp not grisp I don't know what a grasp is a firm grasp on the team and I'm uh, just, just loving it. All of the, the Pelicans personalities, all of the broadcasters, everybody that you talk to, all of the media people are in love. And they're totally enamored with with the right now. You know, you're doing a good job. And those are the people that are behind the scenes. It's not the stuff that they put out there. This is Dan Van Gundy was doing a good job last year. The actual Pelicans website and all that stuff. Just trying to do stuff. But we found out otherwise. So... Reading between the lines, and I didn't read between the lines, they are real effusive with uh with the praise that they have for Willie Green. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, man. It doesn't feel disingenuous whatsoever. They really are rallying behind them, and the guys are responding. So much to the point, this is something I want to talk about uh the other day also. Jonas Valachunas actually went to the Pelicans. And asked to extend his contract It wasn't completely the other way around He went there And asked the Pelicans to re-up the contract And get an extension Knocked out because he is In love with the culture The culture that a lot of people say Doesn't exist and they say it's toxic And it's bad Jonas Valachunas got here And he loved the direction that the Pelicans are going there, And he said he want to sign up For two more years he loves the culture, he loves the organization, loves his teammates. And I'm sure all of this has a lot to do with Willie Green. So it's already a win. And it's been pointed out before, Jonas is and Josh Hart are both represented by the same agent as J.J. Reddick. That J.J. Reddick that said that nobody would ever Signed with the Pelicans again. Nobody that's represented by his agent would never sign with the Pelicans again. And within three months. Not even three. Yeah. Uh, about two months. Within two months. He's been made into a liar. Or at least uh, an exaggerator. Because that's two guys that's represented by his agent that both signed with the Pelicans. So that proved to not be true. So. That whole JJ saga. Clearly wasn't a big issue anyway. It was somewhat of a red flag. But. Not at issue apparently. Uh, who else is there to talk about? Do, do we really want to talk about uh Josh Hart? That's what we want to talk about. Josh Hart, he ended up being the start lineup for some reason. Uh, to me, I believe that Josh Hart is he's a good depth piece, but I always believe he was trade bait and they gave him that ginormous contract with no guarantee a year. He got a one year extension of overpay to be trade bait. And as similar to tactics that the Pelicans have used in the past, and it's, it's cool or whatever, they both agree with it. It both worked out for everybody. But he ended up in the starting lineup over Najee Marshall. And I would have understood if he was over Trey Murphy. I, I would have got that. But he ended up in the starting lineup over Najee Marshall. Which in my humble opinion, Najee is a better and bigger version of Josh Hart. Najee is who we want Josh Hart to be. I mean, so sorry, said it backwards. Josh Hart is who we want Najee Marshall. Still saying it wrong. God damn it, Josh Hart is not Najee Marshall. That's what I'm trying to get out. <laughs> he's not that guy. He uh He's just not gonna be six foot eight. You know, Josh Hart, he overachieves, gets a lot of rebounds, but he's not a power forward. He's not a center. He's just a guard or a wing or whatever you want to call it, however you want to classify him. He's undersized for the position and for the things that he does, and he's an overachiever. And he's not quite as consistent as an offensive threat as somebody like Najee Marshall is. You know, Josh Hart can get hot and cold. We've seen some moments where he's got hot, and he's got – Real aggressive and he gets out there, he hustles, but he's for sure a bench guy. And it's just just was a little rough. I wanted to see Najee Marshall get the start. We was gonna go that direction. But I would have preferred Trey Murphy to get the start. But you know, it is what it is. But now uh Josh Hall got hurt. Actually, it looks like he had some type of knee issue. Hopefully he didn't tear anything in his knee. But that was the fear because there was no contact when he injured his knee. But it's, you know, it's a reason for optimism. He was able to twist and turn and run sideways and run up the court and run through a crowd as he was running out the alley and he ran out at a nice speed, probably about 60%, ran from the court all the way to the locker room. And then he came back onto the sideline at least, uh, in garbage time. Cause we lost by 20 points. So it was no need for him to go back in. Hopefully it was nothing. But he got the hell off the court. He hauled ass off the court. Because he thought it was something serious. Hopefully it was nothing serious though. Uh, But I think we can wrap it up there man. I was very pleased with, with the progress. You know we look like a team out there. As a whole. And it's just game number one. It'll be better days. Definitely will be better days. So I was pretty stoked about what I saw. And. Looking forward to the next game against the Chicago Bulls on Friday. Uh, we are traveling to Chicago for that game. And Chicago is 1-0. We are 0-1. It's an opportunity to play against, I guess you can call him a nemesis. He's not a nemesis. I'm not going to do Lonzo Ball like that. But we get a guess, get a chance to play against our former point guard, Lonzo Ball. He left because he wanted to play point guard and be a traditional point guard. But tra- traditional point guards, they make layups. Traditional point guards can make free throws. And traditional point guards can run a half-court offense. The only thing that Lonzo Ball was capable of doing was playing above-average defense, which is a great thing, and throwing full court live passes, which is a once-a-game, once-every-two-games kind of occurrence. You don't know, pay a guy $20-plus plus million because he can throw a football pass up the court 40 times a, ga- a season. It's more about what you can do throughout the entirety of the game. Throughout the entire course of the game, what can you con- contribute? Can you get to the free-throw line? Can you be an aggressive scorer? Can you do anything yourself for standing in the corner and shoot threes? And he didn't like doing that. He didn't like playing to his strengths. He still believes that he is a true point guard he's the second coming of <laughs> a magic Johnson or something I don't know if you still believe in that hype but he didn't like being here he felt restricted which is cool and we didn't like him being here so it was amicable he dipped out we parted ways life is good we replaced him with Devontae Graham and life goes on we replaced him with Nikhil we replaced him with Cairo going to be by committee. We're going to figure out how this going to go. Somebody will emerge and be a adequate replacement, but he's out the door, moral of the story. So Things are good, and we get to play him on Friday night. It's going to be a big deal. You know, you get to play against your ex-team, and it's going to be all that stuff about, yeah, I had this date circled on my calendar. This is a big game, and all that stuff, and they're going to, they might come out, or oh, they might completely downplay it all together. Like, oh, no, it's just another game. No, it's not. You want to get the hell out of here. He's a pretty professional dude. He, uh, in the media, he doesn't walk around with a chip on the shoulder in the public. He's not one of those social media kind of dudes. You know, he's a professional. So I don't expect too much. But on court, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, Friday night, man. Tune in. But I think we can wrap it up at this point, man. So, peace. This is A. Levy, Trophies Podcast. And we talking a whole bunch of Pelicans. I'll let y'all later.